like it's like test day. I know. I at I, class and like, like everyone <laughs> is quietly and feverishly reviewing their notes to make sure. Yeah, I'm I'm studying before the big test because I don't remember this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, I remember that in school. You know, mm-hmm. you you get like a like a couple minutes to prepare or whatever, or or be like the day before the test and. And yeah, you just be sitting at your desk, like going over the book, reading through the chapter one last time, and then, okay, book's closed. Or like the worst feeling in the world, you walk into a class and everyone is doing that, and you're like, "Oh crap, is her test today?" Was there, <laughs> did I forget? Yeah, that's even worse. Because then, you, then you're just like already, you're already in trouble. You're already sunk. Yeah, then you don't even bother cracking open the book. It's you're like, just like, eh. no. Whatever happens, happens. I can't do anything about it now. But hey, uh, we just got back from Subway. Eat fresh. And uh, we're going to crack out another episode here and get Kevin on his way to fulfilling his duties as a worship pastor. And- yeah, I got some meetings this afternoon. I got a, I got a number of meetings going on. Things I'm trying to, trying to uh, make things happen in the worship ministry, so... So we're uh, we're worship pastors, and yep. just like you, we have responsibilities that at times keep us from <laughs> doing podcasts, and we have families that keep us from doing podcasts. All and right, and in case you missed last week's episode, I recently no thanks. Okay, um, <laughs> I recently not that the listeners can smell my breath right now, but just for my benefit, it keeps it fresh yeah. for you and me. You guys know now that I have good smelling breath. If that yeah. helps you as you're listening to this podcast, oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, coming back from Subway, you know, we we both put onions on our subs. I did not have onions. What? I could have sworn I saw them no. put onions on. Nope. I hate onions. Do you with really? a passion? Feverishly. No way. Oh man. Oh man. So that was probably hard to to watch me uh, eating that then. Well, I couldn't smell them, so it wasn't a big deal. But see, because I can smell them now. It's like I smell them on my clothes and. On my breath. Here, I'll light a candle. Now, so that, now, uh, now I'm all like self-conscious, man. Are you sure they didn't put onions on? What did they put on yours? Just a second, I gotta light my candle. He's lighting the candle, folks. Wait, wait a minute. There you go. Um, cause maybe uh. No, what, I uh, I had the chicken bacon ranch. Right. Which you uh, you also had. Yep. Great sandwich. It was good. Five dollar foot longs right now. Five If you haven't dollar. been to Subway, go take advantage of the seven dollar fifty sandwich for five bucks. That's right. But um. No, lettuce, tomato, and banana pepper. That's it? With pepper jack cheese. Yep. You didn't have green peppers or onions on nope. it? Am I just, like, imagining that? I think so. Wow. That stinks. Um, Not okay. an onion guy. No onions. I'm actually feverishly opposed to onions. What about, like, pickles and olives? Pickles are fine. Olives, no. No? No olives? Mm-mm. Mushrooms? No. Fungus. <laughs> <laughs> fungus. Yeah, I just try to avoid fungus. Oh, uh, as so a general good, rule in my life. You know, the only things I don't really like are banana peppers, which is funny because that's what you put on yep. yours, man. Yeah. But uh, that's wild. Yeah, anyway, we we just got back from Subway. Right. So just lit a candle so it doesn't smell in here. Yeah, because apparently David hates onions, and We're I have like a, I have onions all over my breath and all over my clothes and. Um, Just turn the fountain on. The mood is set. That's right. We're getting things going. So, yeah. So, Subway, they got their $5 footlong thing because uh, it's a promotional thing they're doing for um, the Olympics. Oh, I didn't. Um, yeah. And if you'll notice, uh, the only the only station that's airing Subway commercials right now are, is NBC. NBC. Yeah. 
Because they can't afford them on other stations right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> They're spending all you their money. You can get anything on, the on NBC these days. Man, oh man. <laughs> what happened to that network? But it got me thinking about the Olympics, which we were talking about a little bit during a little bit during lunch. Which this is not a new topic for us, but it is painful. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about it again. <laughs> See, I remember uh, talking about the Beijing Olympics when... Um, That's when we talked about yeah. it before. And that, that was fun. That was exciting. Yeah. No, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really like a huge Winter Olympics fan, but what does it for me and what we talked about is the fact that it's so close to where we are. We, we're in Washington, um, which is, you know, we're, we're in South Washington, granted. Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> yeah, we're in Vancouver, Washington, and the Olympics are in Vancouver, Canada, which is about four, four and a half hours north of where we are. And, and and I was telling David, I don't know if there's ever going to be a time ever in our in our lives here if we stay in this geography where we will have an Olympic game this close to us. Unless for some reason they get them in Portland. Oh yeah, like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. I I mean, I remember they were trying to candidate Seattle to be a potential um summer Olympic game, but uh they they're I remember hearing like it got rejected because Seattle is such a um, a compact city and they don't have enough mass transportation. Yeah, Portland's got the mass transportation, yeah. but Portland doesn't have the space, so everything's landlocked and yeah, whatever. But yeah, I mean Vancouver, Canada is just four four and a half hours, and we're talking about a lunch. Here, Still, here we are. Here we are in the uh, same time zone. Same time zone, just like a few hours away, and yet we're still watching everything tape delayed. You know, come on. What's up with that? I mean, you got to throw a bone to the locals yeah. and like put it on like CNBC or some other <laughs> channel that we can watch it in real time and, and at least have some advantage of it being close. Because if not, what does it matter where it is? Yeah, I mean, well, you might as well have them at the North Pole because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and and it is. It's interesting that it's so close, but for all intents and purposes, it could be in Russia, it could be in Switzerland, it yep. could be. It could be anywhere but here. It doesn't... There's no advantage of it being close. Nah. Except you get to hear all the local Canadians complain about their family who are mad about it costing so much money in taxes. That's probably the only advantage. Uh, I, I was telling you, we had some uh, people in our church who actually went to the games. Um, and I had a friend who, who went there as well and um, uh, went to the opening ceremonies and... Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, you know, to that's be, an advantage to if you have the money to be able to go do that. Right. That's that's probably the one advantage of it being close. Right. I guess. But if you're like me and you just had a baby like four weeks ago, then probably not going to the Olympics. Or if you're like us and just broke, you're probably <laughs> you're not just going to the Olympics. <laughs> if you if you just don't have money, yeah. then uh, yeah, traveling to the Olympics. I'm telling you, man, like part of me wants to just hop in the car and just drive up there just to say I went to the Olympics. Like, you know, just to drive through, um, maybe park my car and walk around. like Go a, throw a snowball at yeah, a snowboarder. W- walk around like the Olympic Village or something. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have tickets to any of the events, obviously, but, you know, to just be able to say I was there. Um, but that's not going to happen. I, I doubt Melanie would be terribly thrilled about me. Uh, just you know, taking off taking off see you in a day or two i could be like hey why don't you come with me sure (laughs) let's bring our four-week-old to a different country and uh hopefully you know hopefully we can get back into america have you even gotten a social security number for her yet well it's it's apparently you know on its way okay so Um, you couldn't even probably get the baby out of the country right i know that's what that's what i'm saying it's like man you know how how much would that sting you get there and they're like well how's how do we know this baby's an american citizen 
Well, it's our baby. Where's the, where's the proof? I don't know. Here's a picture. Does does that help? How do we know it's not a drug carrying? Yeah. How do we know it's not a bomb? Sort? How do we know it's? <laughs> well, why don't you change the next diaper and that'll be proof for yeah, you? How yeah, about yeah. That? Did I ever tell you about the time like we almost got stuck in Canada? Mm-mm. Um, I, uh, I, I. I went up there with Melanie. Um, we were at this at this conference in in Blaine, Washington, which is like you know really really close to um, uh, really close to the, uh, Vancouver to Canada. And man, coming uh, on the border, yeah, if you on will. on crossing the border, it's like I panicked. I like froze up with the the border patrol guard, and. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like, like we coming back, um, we, he almost didn't let us through, you know, uh, we didn't have our passports or anything, you know, we, we did bring our birth certificates and I think that's what, what saved us. But, um, I, I just froze and he started asking me all these questions and I was like fumbling over my words and I don't, I think he thought I was lying. And so he kept, he kept like asking me all these questions and I was trying to, trying to just like very calmly, truthfully answer and um, but he's, you know, looking at my license plate is, you know, part of the problem was I was living in Troutdale, Oregon at the time, but I, I was, um, I'm a worship pastor in Vancouver, Washington, and I now live in Vancouver, praise the Lord. But my license is an Oregon license that says Troutdale, Oregon. And he asked me, so where are you from? And I say, oh, Vancouver, Washington, um, because that was just the first thing that popped uh-huh. in my head. He's like, why do you have an Oregon license plate? Oh, sorry. That's because I, I live in Portland. Why does it say Troutdale? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Portland's like the area I live in, but I really live in Troutdale. And he's like, really? And it just went downhill from there. <laughs> we made it back, though. That's good. You're not still stuck there. No. That's that's good. I got out. Good. If I'd hung there for a couple more years, I could have been there yeah. for the Olympics. Yeah, you could have been paying a bunch of taxes, you know? <laughs> but... Anyway. So, yeah, that's what's going on in our lives. Yep, babies and Olympics. So I don't know if you enjoy the Olympics, but if not, go check them out and see what an awful job NBC is doing of covering them. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's just David doesn't like the fact that they keep switching events during the coverage, um, that they switch from bobsled to figure skating back to like, yeah, I mean, come on, back to aerial skiing, back to if you're going to switch, at least switch from like bobsledding to downhill skiing to something that's closely related don't go from like the manliest sport to like the girliest sport and expect <laughs> your male listeners to keep or male viewers to keep watching. They're not going to. They're, They're going to turn the channel They're and they gone. won't be back. And so NBC, you're losing money. <laughs> anyway, I guess they think it's a monopoly so they can do whatever they want. Well, it kind of is. I mean, where else are you going to watch the Olympics? It's a good question. If they were in America, would America have to let another network cover them as well i don't know because their monopolies are illegal that's a monopoly right uh i think by the the uh technical definition perhaps but i'm sure there's sure they have their lawyers just you know working it out so it's all good probably anyway so uh here we are we're we're back into uh we're still we're still on uh songwriting going through the book god songs by jimmy and carol owens and paul balash and we are just entering into chapter five, which almost halfway through the book. Woo-hoo. If you haven't uh, picked up a copy and read it, then I'd strongly encourage you to head over to leadworship.com and pick up a copy of that. Throw Paula Bone, Jimmy and Carol. Um, 
few help their, bones, help maybe. Help their bankroll. Yeah. But uh, hey, so we just finished up Melody. And uh, now we're into harmony. We're into harmony now. Melody and harmony and melody and harmony. Did you ever used to watch Salty, the singing songbook, or listen to him? I listened to him, yeah. Yeah. You know, he had uh, melody and harmony and rhythm were his mm-hmm. kids. Salty, the singing songbook. I barely remember anything about oh, Salty. Man. I got I got good memories. Salty. Salty, yeah. And uh, Charity the Church Mouse and and uh man, all all kind all kinds of fun characters. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever happened to the good old days of just listening to something on tape, you know? My parents had the records of Salty. We would we would all sit around the front room, my dad would bust out the, the vinyl, throw it down, and we'd sit there and, and uh, listen to Salty and all his adventures. Which let me pause and say thank you to our listeners. For listening to something and not, you know, giving up on us because we're not in video. Yeah, I Thank know. Thank you. We're, we're not in video format, but yet you still listen. Thank we you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Harmony. Harmony that enhances. Now, I'm just going to be straight with you, Kevin. A lot of this uh, chapter is music theory. Yeah, you know, as as I'm kind of flipping through this, I'm like remembering hey why is this i mean this is all about like scale tones and um you know they talk about chord progressions and that's cool i mean i i like theory yeah i do too i'm a big music theory fan i was actually a music theory and composition major so hey but that said there's a lot about this chapter that i don't think we can cover in an episode or two of a podcast I Plus, think we I think yeah. we need to if we're going to do music theory I think we need to do music theory right and talk about music theory in its own set. But so maybe maybe for our for our uses we can just kind of talk about harmony in general and harmonizing in a song and stuff like that instead of delving into the the deep roots of music theory and inversions and and um the Pickerty Third. <laughs> Sorry. The Pickerty Third. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I just... Mm. But anyway, I mean, there's... I'm not saying you shouldn't read the chapter. I think I read the chapter and uh, highlighted a bunch of stuff. But... But yeah, it is going over a lot on, like, chord progressions and scale tones and... and uh, how uh, triads and different things. But, I mean, you know, really, when we're talking about harmony, um, you know, I... Is there I, such a thing as a quiad? Quiad. Don't know. Is there a dyad? Or is it only a triad? Well, triads are what I know. I mean, I guess dyad, you know, make it two. Make it a two-note, like a CD, right back. Cinco-ads? <laughs> now, now, you're just, now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> Um, no, but, but the triad, I mean, when we're talking about harmony, when I think of vocal harmony, tenor, I, mean, I think that's what most of us think, right? Like just play a, sing a third above the melody. Oh, yeah. That's like you in a snapshot covered all, uh, vocal harmony there for contemporary go. worship music. Just sing a third above. Yep. And if you're in alto, you sing a fifth. Yeah. So there you go. That's all you need to know. We got it. <laughs> We're done. Chapter uh, five in the books. But 
this is this is why I like Coldplay because I am so just unenamored anymore with most of the progressions that they name in this chapter. You right. Know, well, like, they're they're all the the basic ones. I mean, let's just look through this real quick. One yeah. four five, one six four five, mm-hmm. one five six four, one four six five, which is probably like the most famous chord progression of all time. Which one? One four six five. I mean, which I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you won't. It's back in our choir days. Okay. You and me. Okay. And uh, we were playing. We were playing Prelude at a church. And uh, I think I might have talked about this before. I hope not. But if I have, I'm telling it anyway. Yeah. Because it's funny. But uh, so instead of playing through some worship song, and I, you know, I was the band leader at the time. Right. You were just calling or, out or, chords, right? Yeah. I, was like, yeah, oh, I, I just, I just threw out a progression, and we'd play it for you know 32 bars or something, and then I'd throw out another progression. And like right in the middle of one of them, I remember Mike Riley says, because I, I think I did like. I think I did one, four, six, five, uh, the one you just said. Yeah. And I threw that out and then Mike came back with, yeah, you just threw out like any U2 song ever recorded. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mrs. Gibby comes up at the end. Yeah. The Gibster got mad, right? Yeah. She got really mad at me. It's like, what are you playing? And so then I was like, I had to make up something. I was like, oh, that's, uh. It's this little light of mine, and so then I like started playing this. Trading my of mine. sorrows. It's it's anything, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it could be a lot of worship songs right now. Yep. But anyway, I'm I'm you know I'm just kind of, and I think this is the curse of being a, a piano player. Um, I just like things that are harmonically a little more interesting mm. than than what most guitar driven written worship songs come out with. So so do you do you like altered chords, you know, like uh diminishes and augmented mm-hmm. and, and you know, throwing those kind of um you know, anything that kind of goes out the key signature a little bit. Yeah, I like those. Like on uh, No Greater Love, Tommy Walker yeah. starts on that B augmented seventh. Yeah. I love that chord. No greater love. Which I never, I've never heard a recording of how he did that song. I just, you know, I found the copy of the music, and the the thing that drew me to that song was that chord. That be augmented. Yeah, and so it's like, so I was playing this chord. I was like, oh man, this has got to be like, and I so I've done it so fast, like my entire time playing that song, and then come to find out, it's like a slow. It's funk pretty, it's song. pretty chill, yeah. There's no greater love than do. And so when I came here and tried playing it, it was like. No, that's not how you do this song. I'm like, uh, that's how I do it. There's no greater love than G. So anyway, but I think it. I think it does have have to do with being a keyboard player versus being a guitar yeah. player. Yeah. But um, I would just so much. It's just so much more. Whoops! Knocked the microphone away from my mouth. So much more enjoyable for me to listen to. Like, for instance, that's why I like Stephen Curtis Chapman. Because he's interesting to listen to harmonically. Mm-hmm. Not like a harmonica, but like <laughs> the harmonies that he uses. The same thing with Coldplay. They're interesting to listen to. You know, they're, they'll do a whole song where the root of the chord, like, moves up a half step and then moves up a half step and then down a whole step. And right. you know, it's like, 
and they make it sound the, yeah the, their voicings like the voicings that mm-hmm. they'll use like even um on a uh, on their Russia Boy to a Head album um uh the the first the first track uh politic you know mm-hmm. it starts off with like this big c7 chord bah, 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 and then then to a g minor or mm-hmm. or maybe g7 to a c minor anyway but i i had to listen to the song like a number of times to figure out the voicings he was using because like every time i tried to play it, it just didn't sound quite right you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's because he was using this really spread kind of open voicing with the seventh on top it was really cool yeah really cool and I just, you know, it's so, um, it's intriguing. You know, that's why I like jazz. You know, it's like I have to, I have to stop and try and figure out what they're doing. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you reach a certain point in any skill, it becomes harder to find things that you can't uh, easily accomplish. Mm-hmm. So like, um as an artist someone who paints art you know once they reach a certain caliber where they can where they can paint really really well there are only a handful of artists left in the world that are above them that that they can aspire to and when they look at art that's done by people at the same or skill level or below then it's like all of a sudden they just have eyes that that you and i don't have but and I'm not saying that there are only a handful of people above us, but I'm just saying that we're you know as you, musicians you have a different perspective. when we get here, you know we've been playing piano for 20 years or however long we've been doing music for a long time. Yeah. It's like just the the scale of of what impresses me is a lot smaller than it used to be. Yeah, and yeah. so so when I you know and I I do really want to to help you know worship leaders and songwriters write the best songs that they do and it, and it's a, there are plenty of times when it's a real challenge for me if I'm critiquing somebody's song and it's just one of these progressions like rehashed again it's like <laughs> come on just try just a little bit harder and I'm sure you can come up with something else you know tra- change one chord just one of them just see what happens yeah just see what and, happens and you know, there is a reason, like they talk about in this chapter, that these progressions are the staples. Mm-hmm. It's because they do have power. I mean, they like that that one four six five. There's just, I mean, there's power in that progression, and I use it. I'm yeah, not going to say it, it, I don't. There, there's a there's a good groove to it. I mean, yeah. you know, there's something very, especially you get in a, in a good key like A or B or something. You know that that can sound great, but I hear what you're saying. You know. uh Variety, mixing things up, different voicings even. I mean, something that I did, um, uh, a song I wrote a while ago, it's been a while, um, um, Your Word is Alive, and it, it actually starts, out, it's in the key of A, but it starts on the four chord, it starts on D, um, but what I tried to do is, is I tried to, um, uh, I tried to change the voicings a little so it wasn't just D, A, E, F sharp minor, but I did like, like a D major nine, you know, uh, like an A major seven, so so there's just a little extra note in there to kind of, uh, and and I think it it adds a lot. It, mm-hmm. it adds it adds a little bit more of a of a kind of smoother type of yeah. sound. This you know, I sent one of my songs to to somebody to critique, and and he came back and was like, well, like we were talking about last time, the melody on the verse is you know a little 
week or, you know, however you might want to say it. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm something I'm aware of. And then he said, maybe if you change some of the chords on the verse, mm. it would, you know, it'd be, it'd flow a little bit better. But I was like, um, no. Nah. <laughs> and, and the reason was because, you know, I spent a lot of time, that's one of, one of my favorite songs that I've written, but I spent a lot of time on that song because the verses are in one key and the chorus is in a different key. And so like I spent a lot of time really working with the chords to get them to flow in a way that, um, that it, to an untrained ear, it's not going to sound like mm. they're in a different key. You're not going to. So yeah, it just, it sounds like it, it flows, Yeah, but there's really a lot going on. Yeah. And I was like, and so that's like harmonically one of the songs that, one of the most rewarding songs that I've been able to write. Mm. And so, so I'll work on the melody and try and make, you know, work on the melody to get it to, to flow a little better or whatever, yep. but I'm not going to change the harmony. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, well, and what I was going to say, I think the reason, and I could be totally off base with this, but I think the reason that so many of these chord, uh, patterns i guess are are staples is because of you too <laughs> they, they pioneered the well the and one four six five well they didn't necessarily pioneer it but they but they made it they made it the mainstay mm. and the, one of the reasons i think is because because these chord patterns are the ones that are easy to do a a sustained same pitch uh uh what am i looking for <sighs> you know like well for instance with you too you know the edge he's doing that delayed but it's like the same notes right? Right, right it's the same chord that he's playing over top of the moving chords beneath mm. right so so you can do that on on the one four six five and it makes this really cool, yeah. like it fits in with the, it fits in with some of the chords, and it makes a really cool suspended yeah. tension on some of the on some of the chords, and so like, and they do that on tons of their songs, mm. and so like I think because of that, it's because that's why it's become a staple for a lot of what Christian well, music right, is. Right? Because I mean, made. you think about like like a one four six five, which we've been talking about. You know, if, if you're if you're like in the key of of C, you know, so you're playing like C F A minor G. Um, and, and if, if, uh, if you just like hold out that one note, that G, that G is in every single mm-hmm. one of those chords, you know, uh, if you're playing a, a, a C, you got the G there, obviously your F, it makes an F two, mm-hmm. a minor, you got your a minor seven and mm-hmm. obviously your G chord has a G, but yeah, you can kind of hold out like, you know, you can hold out, uh, that one note through the course of the entire progression. Right. Um, so I'll get, I'll get what you're saying. I hear you. So I think, you know, because they did that. And it worked so well. Yeah. And then there are, you know, over time now, Christian songwriters who have been emulating that. And if you listen to a lot of Christian music, there's no way that you can say that it's not emulating you too. Seriously. I mean, a lot of it is just like a, a full-on ripoff of, of got, a lot of the music. They got inspired. And so, so that's definitely, you know, that I'm not saying that they pioneered those progressions. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that they stapled them into our modern day music to where they are now uh, required. Interesting, interesting the, theory. The cool thing, though, I think that's going on right now is Coldplay is pioneering 
kind of a different a broader harmony yeah. which i'm starting to hear more broader harmonies now in some of the, some other groups that are trying to emulate coldplay right so it's like something different <sighs> thank but, you but you know what i mean come on grass is always greener on the other side it another is. yeah another and, five or ten years yeah. of, of that and you're gonna be tired of uh, exactly <laughs> You're well, like, man, uh, remember the days when it was so simple? When, <laughs> remember the days when it was just one, four, six, five? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think the balance lies between, you know, so for instance, that song I was talking about that I'm working on, Amazing God, the one I shared a couple of lyric things I was having problems with. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. I don't have any, I don't think I have any out of key chords in it. And that's because I'm trying to write it as a worship song for the congregation. So I'm trying to go by the rules in this book to write a worship song for our congregation to sing. That's specifically a worship song, mm. not not an arty, artsy song like I like I do a lot of times. But yeah. ju- it's a worship song. So so I am I am paring down the harmony so that so it's simple, so our band can sing it, so the melody can fit in with it easily so that people in the congregation aren't trying to sing a melody that clashes with the underlying chord, which I like to do, but you know, not everyone likes to do or has an easy time doing it. You know, like if you're, if you're trying to sing a G and some, the chord has an F sharp in it and it's like right next to where you're, where you're singing, you know, if you're singing a G that's above middle C and in the piano, you're playing an F sharp above middle C. It's hard for people to sing that G right, and right. stay there, you know? So it doesn't sound right. So you have to think about those things when you're thinking about harmony for, for writing worship songs specifically. So I know I've been talking a lot. There's a lot of my wave on, on garage band right now. Not a whole lot of you. Sorry about that. <laughs> wow. Harmony is just like near and dear to my heart. No, I feel as you. a music theory composition guy, you know. This is this is where this is where you shine. You know, I just me, I just I, I like the, you know, for for what it's worth, I like this chapter because it highlights the the kind of it highlights the kind of way that I play, you know, like like it highlights the the way that I play by by chords, you know, using like um, you know, pro- progressive sequences. Um, you know, I mean, this this chapter spends a lot of time, you know, talking about, um, all these different, all these different flavors of, of, uh, even chords, you know, uh, major seven chords and, um, talking about different voicings, you know, adding the ninth of a chord. So, um, you know, and, and, and those are the kind of things that here, I don't know if you found this man, but it, it seems like there's an alarming number of, of church musicians who just don't understand this basic premise you know of of music and chords and and the way it works together and um yeah i mean it's almost worth buying a copy of this book for this one chapter to hand out to all of your all of your musicians right but uh, at the same time let me let me throw in a plug for paul he's got a music theory made easy or something dvd Mm. that you can um i think that's the title of it that you can go by and it, it kind of takes your band through some of the basics of, of music theory, really a lot about what they're talking about in this chapter. And he really, he narrows it down. I think he could have gone a little bit deeper with it, but that's not Paul's style. Um, uh, but he kind of really narrows it down to, to what your band really needs to know in terms of music theory and, and a lot of, in Nashville numbering system and stuff like that. Which have you ever played a chart, a Nashville chart? Like just numbers, you mean? No, just like uh, 
Because there's more to the Nashville numbering system than just numbers. But anyway, we'll leave that for another day, I guess. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I've actually I've been trying to figure out a way. I'd like to maybe just show my band that DVD or. I've got a few guys who know music really well. Right. But I would love it, you know, if, if I could on the fly just say, you know, I'm really feeling you know, in a rehearsal, I wouldn't do this in a service unless unless I wasn't singing. If I was just playing and I had a microphone where I could communicate with the band clearly into their in-ear monitors like we use, where I could say, okay, so I, I'm feeling like at the end of this song, we need to... We need to not just end the song. We need to carry out a little bit more. So, hey, let's do let's do a one four six five progression at the end of the song, and we'll just repeat it until until I give the signal, and we'll, then we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when that that feels like the right thing to do, but because our our band doesn't know what that means, right, they they aren't quite there. It's like, well, I can't really do that. So even though I feel like I really feel like the spirit's leading me to do this thing, mm. but we're not there to where we can follow, you know? So it's like, so music theory is definitely something that's, that's worth investing in your people. Right. Cause it's, it's not going to fail you in terms of the payoff that you get. It's not, it, it's never going to be a waste of time. Like, as much as much time as you spend in training people in terms of music theory, you're going to reap a lot more benefit from that in terms of, of how it affects your ministry and their skill and their ability to learn new music and their ability to pick out, you know, yep, yep. arrangements and stuff like that. It's, it's just going to enhance, enhance everything. And the more, the more you teach it, the more, you know, the more, you know, the easier it is to apply it to your songwriting. So, very cool. There you have it. Hey, we're done. We're out of time. Worship Ministry Catalyst. We're here. I, I can't, that's I right. We I, I got I got a meeting to go to. We uh we're networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. My name is David. My name is Kevin. <laughs> and you've been listening to us for the uh, last half hour. And I can't remember if we said that at the beginning or not. It just kinda all runs together. Yeah, I don't I don't think we did. But anyway, you can get in touch with us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And as always, you can join us on our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.